reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his apostles, Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Whoever receives you receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. Whoever receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever receives a righteous man because he is a righteous man will receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives only a cup of cold water to one of these little ones to drink because the little one is a disciple, amen, I say to you, he will surely not lose his reward. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, good, good morning. Our Gospel reading is um, a little complicated. Um, when I see a word repeated three times, it, I start to take notice. So, uh, not being worthy of Jesus, I see that three times, and that kind of awakens me to say, okay, that, that next line must be really something, because Jesus is going to help me to understand something, but it's a it's a tough saying. Uh, whoever finds his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. It's not, it's not really clear. I guess generally we can kind of understand it. Well, um, sometimes when I don't have the direct answer, um, I know it's kind of dangerous sometimes. I Google it. Um, so, I Googled, how do you lose your life for Jesus' sake? Um, and you got to be careful. Sometimes the things that come back, you know, aren't aren't the right thing to do. But in this case, uh, the answer was started me thinking. It said the natural instinct to selfishly pursue comfort and avoid sacrifice. That's what you need to lose. Your natural instinct to selfishly pursue comfort and avoid sacrifice. I thought, well, that's, that's really good advice. And I started thinking about that in my own life. And um, curiously, I came up with uh, this example. I'm, you'll have your own, I'm sure. Um, on my 50th birthday, my kids bought me a racing car experience up at the Kansas Speedway with NASCAR. Um, they surprised me on the day of my birthday because they probably suspected that I wouldn't want to go. So they said, here's your birthday present. You have this driving experience and it's today. Get ready. We're going. And I naturally, um, my natural instinct was to selfishly pursue comfort, which would have been sitting at home and to avoid sacrifice, which was going to do this. So um, I reluctantly went. I'm thinking, well, it'll be okay. I'll sit in a car and we'll drive around. I've never done that before. 
Um, well, uh, it's a driving school. It's not an experience where you sit in the car. You, you actually have to drive. Um, to prove this, I actually brought my racing license. Um, this has never worked with the police. If ever I've done anything wrong, it, it, it hasn't worked. But um, to my, I guess, shock, as I set in an hour-long school, I'm actually going to be driving this car by myself. No, nobody else in the car. I'm not sitting there for a ride. I actually have to drive the car. And the way it works is you have a lead car in front of you. And the rule is, if you stay within 10 feet, the lead car will keep speeding up. If you fall back or you get too close, he'll slow down. Seems easy enough, but 10 feet is pretty close when you're going over 100 miles an hour and you've got turns and you've never driven this thing before and you've got a big helmet and you're strapped in. Um, you only get seven laps. So you don't have all the attempts you're going to get. I mean, it's not like you can ease into this thing seven times. That's all, that's all you get. It's laps around the trap. Well, after about four laps of probably mediocre uh, you know, speed, maybe 120 or something, I'm thinking, well, I only have a couple laps left. I, I need to remember what they said and try to get my speed up. Uh, so I'm trying to follow the lead car at that 10 feet. And what I found most difficult was in the banked curves. You have to turn the car into the wall because the natural tendency is for the car to fall down to the middle. So it goes against everything you think is right. You have to turn into the curve as you're banking around this bank curve. And the G-forces are, everything in your body says, this is not right. You should not be doing this. You're going to spin out. You just, everything was against you. And really, I got to the last turn. I mean, I got to the last lap. And I said, you know what? You have got to surrender and do this. And I did. And I was rewarded with an experience I've, I, I've never had again. It was a phenomenal experience of, wow, that really worked. Everything they said, which didn't make sense to me, worked. Well, I tell you this story because this is the way we're supposed to live our baptismal promise. This is what Paul is talking about in Romans. Don't be comfortable. Don't seek comfort and avoid sacrifice. That's where all the growth is. That's where the prophet's reward is. When Christ lives in us and we allow him to grow, that's when we realize the prophet's reward, the, the reading from the first, the first reading, the Old Testament. The prophet's reward is in allowing Christ to grow, not just exist every once in a while, 
to grow in us. Our, our baptism, we are supposed to learn, relearn, to walk, talk, think, feel, work, pray, hear, see, and love with Jesus in us. That's what we're supposed to do. And it's not being comfortable and avoiding sacrifice. That is not what we're called to do to receive the prophet's reward, to really understand what God wants for us. Uh, we, have a, we have a baptism today. Colby Joseph, he's going to start down this path. And one of the questions we ask as the parents, are you going to help Colby Joseph realize his baptismal promises? That Christ is in him, but he's got to not sit back and be comfortable and avoid sacrifices. He has to push himself. We all have to push ourselves to relearn how to walk with Jesus in us to relearn how to pray with Jesus in us, to hear with Jesus in us, with, to talk, to love, all those things with Jesus in us. That's, that's what Paul is talking about in, the, in his letter to the Romans. For any of you that take these flock notes that come out every morning at 7.30, um, I, I put those out. And I was kind of proud about this one this morning because I thought, well, it kind of fits with this. Pope Benedict at one time said, um, the world offers comfort, but you are not made for comfort. You were made for greatness. I thought, I really like that. That, that fits with exactly what I wanted to say. And I thought, well, I, I wonder when he said that. I should probably double check that. I don't remember. And to my shock with Google, I run across to site that said uh, he never said that and I thought wow that's uh, <laughs> I, I've, I've, I've generated a quote that you know apparently didn't really exist but to my pleasure I found that he said something very similar and it's even better uh, he said in an encyclical that he had man was created for greatness for God himself. The greatness is for God himself. He was created to be filled by God, but his heart is too small for the greatness to which it is destined. It must be stretched. Man's heart has to be stretched. That is such a better quote than what came out. And so I'm, I'm sorry, we'll see the next one that next year, I guess, when it comes out. Our baptism plants in us a new character, but we have to stretch. We can't focus on being comfortable. We've got to stretch ourselves. Stretching is in sacrificing. Doing those things that teach us how to love to walk, to hear, to talk, all those things with Jesus in us, which he is. He's in us. We just have to stretch to allow him to work through us.